Okay, today's mitzvah, imitating God. Imitating God. The Rambam counts it as a mitzvah, where Salvechik pointed out that this may be the most, one of the most fundamental mitzvahs because this is where chesed flows from. The concept of doing good for others, which we know the Torah opens up with an act of chesed and closes with an act of chesed. The act of chesed opens up with is God clothes Adam and Chava. It closes with the act of chesed of God burying Moshe, seemingly underscoring the importance of chesed, or maybe even that the entire Torah is founded on the principle of chesed. There are those who want to go so far as to say, actually, the, the first... Let me just put the... Uh, what's going on? The first time, the first act of chesed of the Torah is not God clothing Adam, but actually God created a world. He created a world for us, which is the greatest act of chesed. Chesed is the Ram, but we know God does chesed. We know we should do chesed. What's the relationship? What's the interaction? The Ram says, He should We are commanded. This is a positive mitzvah. Mitzvah number eight. The command is to emulate God in, the, in a way in which we are able, according to our abilities. And this is the mitzvah of to go in God's ways. Says the Ram further, and it's repeated. In fact, if you skip down the Chavetz Chaim, the Chavetz Chaim, as we know, Rabbi Yisrael Meir Kagan famously offered the Sefer Chavetz Chaim, which is a book about Lashon Hara. He also wrote the Mishnah He wrote a number of other svarim. One of them is called the Ahavas Chesed, which is basically laws of Chesed and and all that that, that encompasses. The Chavetz Chaim says that this command to emulate God is found no less than eight times in the Torah. Eight separate times. Again, driving home the idea that Rabbi Salvatrix writes, writes that imitating God is not just any mitzvah, but it's perhaps even the reason for the Torah. And as we go through, it will make a lot of sense. We'll see it's, 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 just, it's not just going to be chesed. But says the Rambam, Ma'a nikachanun. So it's interesting, the Rambam, when the Rambam quotes what it means to emulate God, he's not going to even quote, just note this, specific actions. He's going to talk about character traits. Just as God is Chanun, by the way, um, for those who were here last year, Rabbi, Rabbi Simon spoke about this before Yom Kippur, before, before Slichos last year. We say God's merciful. You should also be merciful. Again, notice there's no specific action. We're talking about character traits. Just as God is pious, you should be pious as well. So he says, it's repeated elsewhere to say, we should emulate and our actions should be that similar to what God would do. These are the kinds of Lach Madrachov. In fact, my Rabbi Rabbi Feldman wrote a book called Divine Footsteps, alluding to this very idea of following God's, foot, God's footsteps. And the chapters in here... Well, he, he actually, this is less on the Midos aspect. It's everything from Bikr Cholem, Anichim Avelim, escorting the deceased, Hafnasas Orchim, Hafnasas Kaula, Gabbat Stuka, etc. Again, Divine Footsteps, is a, it's, a, it's a wonderful name. The idea here is that we're supposed to walk in God's divine footsteps. Although, if you look, read the Rambam, the Rambam doesn't at all even seem like he's mitzvah-oriented. If I were to say, what, is it, what, what do you fulfill when you uh, visit the sick? According to the Rambam, are you, are you walking God's ways? Or you are walking God's ways, but that's not the point of the mitzvah. 
point of the mitzvah seems almost it's it's character uh, oriented that we should mold our characters and if you mold your characters to be a racham to be a merciful person then of course you're going to visit the sick which is why when the Rambam contrary to other Rishonim counts the mitzvah of, of visiting the sick he doesn't count that as following God's ways but he counts it as loving your neighbor which is also an interesting idea well, maybe we'll get back to it in a second um, where is the first one of the first places we found it um, so look at the Gemara Soto the Gemara Soto however quotes it as um, uh, quotes it not as in the result in the in the quotes sorry more mitzvah um, what does it mean we say we should walk after God's ways is it possible for a person to walk after God to walk in those divine footsteps rather says the person uh, rather says the Gemara go after God's midos go after God's character traits mahu just as God clothes the naked. Just as God makes a fashions this garment for Adam, so too we are commanded, we are mandated to clothe those who don't have clothes. Just as God, go, we see God goes to to Avram when he's suffering after the Brismila. And visits him, we too should go and visit the sick. Um, just as God goes and is nichem availing, etc., etc. So this is what we find these two sources. Do they complement each other? Do they argue? That might be a little bit beyond what we need to get into. But the point is that we are supposed to do things. We can't actually emulate. We can't actually walk behind God. But we could do is sir, seek to emulate God's actions. It's interesting. Well, cool. This is the. What's the quintessential case of chesed in the Torah that, that's done by man? Avram, Avram hosting the three uh, wayfarers in his home. Many point out that it's a, it's a very um, interesting case to bring of chesed, especially Avram is the, the paradigm of chesed, the paradigm of Hachnas' orchim, inviting the guests. The one case we actually record of him inviting guests weren't actually guests; they were angels. He was hosting. The host. He was hosting. Very good. He was hosting angels, which means that the chesed he performed, inviting these people in and feeding them, was for naught. There was no point to it because ultimately they did not. They did not benefit from going to his home. They were angels, and he didn't know that. Great, but at the end of the day, we so we've we've known this distinction in the past that when it comes to mitzvahs between Adam lamakom, mitzvahs between man and God, so. Just the very fact you're doing it, even if, let's say, it turns out, we, right, we, we quoted this on one Friday night, we talked to Rav Asha Weiss at the Tshuva, where a person opens their tefillin up after many, many years and finds out that their tefillin wasn't kosher. And Rav Asha Weiss basically makes the distinction, and he, I mean, he, he has a little back and forth in the Tshuva, but essentially what it comes down to is that, is, that if you, when it comes to serving God, you're doing what he calls a vodas akel, God, divine service. So even if it doesn't ultimately check off the box for being Yodse, because you thought you were doing one thing, but it turns out you weren't. If it's done L'Shem Shemayim, it's done in when you actually think you're doing it right, so God gives you the credit for it. Whereas when it comes to being Adam L'Chavero, that's much more result-oriented. If I want to give tzedakah to someone, it doesn't get to them, so at the end of the day, they didn't get their tzedakah, you don't get the mitzvah. It's great you wanted to, we'll, we'll say you're a nice guy, but ultimately it doesn't work. I mean, Adam L'Chavero is, is result-oriented because... It's about 
giving to the other person what they lack. And if that's the case, so when it comes to Avraham, yes, he wanted to do Akhmas's Orchem. Nice guy. Yes, he wanted to feed them and to let them into his home, but ultimately he was giving to beings that didn't need a home and didn't consume the food. And therefore, the question is, so why are we using Avram? Or we're using this as the case. This is the ex- example of how Avram was an Ish Chesed, the, the one case where he didn't actually perform Chesed. We assume he did thousands and thousands of acts of Chesed. But yet, this is the one case he didn't do Chesed. Perhaps one could say as follows. That, I mean, you can get, there are a number of answers you can give, but I think the answer you can give is as follows. When it, for the Rambam, when it comes to the particular mitzvah of welcoming in the, 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 the wayfarer, uh, healing the sick, visiting the sick, etc., that the Rambam counts under the command to love your neighbor as yourself, as we've seen probably from over the course of the last two years, I believe it's very expansive to include both mitzvahs assays, positive cans, and mitzvahs lo We discussed this as well. Right? The case we gave last year was wiretapping and how that may be a, coming into the uh, prohibition of doing, you're, not, you're doing something to your friend who you wouldn't, what you wouldn't want done to yourself. For the Rambam, that's when we talk about result-oriented. If, you don't, if the result's not there, so then ultimately you didn't fulfill that mitzvah. However, ultimately, for the Rambam, for, ultimately for Avram, yes, he may not fulfill the but what he did fill was this more important value of emulating God's ways. Because when it comes to emulating God's ways, walking in his footsteps, there it's not result-oriented, but rather it's internal. And the result is you yourself emulating God. Which means even if the result's not there, even if the person didn't need the food, but for yourself, you've turned yourself into a more uh, divine personality. A divine personality. Which is also, might explain what happens a couple, a couple passages later. With Rivka, Eliezer comes and says, God, if this girl does an act of chesed, so then she's good for Yitzchak. Why is one act of chesed? What did, what did that show? I believe Rav Huttner says this thing, or Blach and Kobashim Rav Huttner, he wasn't asking to see if she does one act of chesed so she can put it on the resume. He was looking for a chesed personality. Someone who does so much chesed, it changes who they are. To do that, you don't need to have the result accomplished always. I think the way Ray Feldman puts it is that the same way if you go to the gym and you build muscle and then you stop going, you atrophy. So the ches, doing chesed and, being, and learning to be sensitive, look out for others, that too is a muscle. And the more you do it, the more you sensitize yourself to those around you. And the less you do it, the more insensitive you become. So what Avram was looking, Avram was sitting there in the tent on the third day of his bris milah in a tremendous pain. His concern was, is if I'm not doing chesed, I'm going to atrophy. I'm going to lose a little of that sensitivity. I'm going to become a nerd to the pain of others. So he says to God, please, let me continue to do chesed so that I, I remain this divine chesed personality. To which point God sends angels. How did that accomplish what he wanted? Because yes, maybe it wasn't the but for Avram it still allowed him to continually refine his sensitivities and stay an, an, an active uh, divine personality. And therefore, perhaps for the Rambam, for the Rambam, yes, doing all the actual actions is important, but more important for that is how those actions reflect on you. Right? This actually comes in once we're on the idea. Next week is Purim. And there's a big question when it comes to Tzedakah. Is it better to give a hundred coins to a hundred different people or give one person one large gift? The Rambam writes it's important to give a hundred, it's more important in a way to give a hundred coins. Assume it doesn't become negligible. You're not giving a penny to each person. But to give smaller gifts to many people versus one gift to, a lar- to one large gift to one person because when you give many gifts to many people, each act of giving in and of itself 
changes you and helps you find you makes, and turns you into a giver. The Ramah is very focused on this. And last week, I, I was going to give the show last week. I don't know if you noticed, there was a man standing in the back of the show. That was Rav from Kohn. He's, he's Rabbi of Shech, the son-in-law. So I went to say hello to him after. He's, he's a Rav in, in Tinet. He's also a Rebbe in YU. And he, he asked me what I'm speaking about. I said, I'm speaking about emulating God. So he said to me, the Rambam says elsewhere, I believe he said in Shmona Prokham, his introduction to Pirkei Avos, the Rambam says, you know what the ultimate manifestation of emulating God is? The golden mean. Being a balanced personality. Never going too far to any extreme. I didn't have a chance to look up the Rambam, but from what I'm seeing, it seems to be, because what the Rambam's saying is that emulating God, the reason why it's so fundamental and important, because what it's really doing is it's taking, it's, it's almost, it's internalizing all the external manifestations of divine service. It's about saying it's not just, I'm doing an act of chesed, check off the check off the list, oh, I got a mitzvah note today. But it's about saying how all those actions we do, all those externalities, which means it goes probably even beyond the, the mitzvahs b'nam l'chavei, or even b'nam l'makom, will slowly turn me and my personality, my persona, into a divine persona, a balanced person, someone who's able to be sensitive to others and care for others. Excuse me. So that's, 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 the, that's the world of the Rambam. The um, Rabbi Salvechik, oh, sorry, Rabbi Shechter, in an essay in Nefesh Arav, he says this goes even beyond, far beyond actual mitzvos, actual commands. But he says everything in our life, anything we, we have found recorded about God, can be used for us to learn a lesson that we can incorporate and inculcate into our divine personalities. Also, once we're on the topic of, of uh, on, the, on the topic of of of, of um, Purim, excuse me, the there's a there's a very strange, peculiar Gemara in Avodah Zarah. The Gemara is listing God's daily schedule. What's the schedule of God? I was just speaking to Ari about that yesterday. Okay, and in that Gemara, what is it? What's the most peculiar part about it? It says every day, God goes has recess, goes to play with the Leviathan, the Leviathan, every single day. That's what it says. It's like a little strange. Ready to give God a schedule seems a little strange. But to give God a schedule where he takes time out of his day to play with this large fish is bizarre? Not if you know ancient mythology. If you know anything it's not bizarre. But it seems bizarre. It says the Salvation as follows. Perhaps what this is teaching us is that we shouldn't take ourselves too seriously. That we have to have a sense of levity in our life. That we have to have, in a, an appropriate manner, we have to have a sense of that, you know, you, it's, it's okay and appropriate to laugh and to, to find enjoyment. And maybe it's even more than that. What is humor? Because this teaches us that there's a place for humor in Jewish life, not just as a, as a, as a uh, release. There's a place for humor. I think part of what humor is, and Ray, and Ray Feldman says this, you know, talks about this as well, part of what humor is, is it's perspective. That's what it is. It's perspective. You can laugh at yourself. You can laugh at things around you. It, that humor gives you a sense of perspective. And what do you say? So I think Rav Hirsch writes. Rav Hirsch probably writes this. Rav Hirsch writes that we, because of everything we've been through, so that we, we turn into a kind of cynical and funny people. Cause that's how we survived. Rav Hirsch actually writes this. But I think what humor is, it gives you a sense of perspective, which is why when the Chazal and our sages describe a molek, they say a molek is, say, Russia, evil. They say they're late sonnet. 
they are people who are they're, 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 they're scoffers, they're cynics, because they take it to an extreme where they, t- they, they, t- they, t- they take out the perspective, and they just everything becomes about making fun of, and you lose a sense of perspective, whereas when humor is done appropriately, it gives you a healthy perspective that allows you to kind of laugh at life and laugh at the things that come, come, come about, even though when, when things don't seem laughable. And what, the reason what we're learning from God here is when God plays with the Leviathan is have a sense of perspective. Realize not everything has to be taken too seriously. Not everything, just because it presents a certain way and it seems a certain way, doesn't mean we have to run with it and live a life where we... No, sense of perspective is always healthy, and we learn that from God himself. So that's where first rights. Whatever, yeah. You gotta have an outlet. You gotta, otherwise you go crazy. That's true. So humor is the way of doing that. Yes, that, that's persecuting true. Because we, 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 it came for us. We, we survived. Exactly. Okay, I want to add up one last interesting point. This comes from Rabbi Salvechik as well. Rabbi Salvechik writes it as follows. If you look at the daily brachos that we make every single day, there was a debate in the Talmud, right? The Talmud records we make brachos every single day. Every morning we make these brachos, you know, blessed God who, made a, who didn't make us a slave, blessed be God who closed the naked, blessed be God, etc., etc., who, who allows us to discern between the, the crowing of the rooster. It says the, there are those who hold. These are mitzvahs you make. These are brachos you make when you encounter that, those experiences. When you wake up and you hear a rooster crow in the morning, you make this blessing. When you put on your shoes, you make, uh, you make the, the blessing for that. When you stand up, make the blessing, which means rather than coming to show and having one person rattle off all the blessings, you make them as you go through the morning. But the corollary of that would be is if you don't hear a rooster, if you're woken up by uh, a three-year-old who comes into the room demanding ice cream, never happened to me, 6, 10 this morning, so then you wouldn't make that bracha. You make a different bracha, and it's not as nice. Um, if, if you're not going to wear shoes... Don't make the bracha, which means on, uh, on Tisha B'Av, that's why some other practice actually make the bracha later on. If you're not going to, if you're not going to put on tefillin, you'll make Gotei Yisrael B'Sevar, etc. Tosfos comes along and says, no, Tosfos says, these aren't birchas, brachas you make like birchas haneni, before you enjoy something, make a bracha, but rather these are birchas ha-mitz, shevach. we're praising God. And therefore, it's more general. Thank you, God, for allowing us to have shoes. Thank you, God, for allowing us to uh, stand up straight, etc. Even if we're not going to stand up straight that day, we still make the bracha. Right, Salvechik notes, takes this a, a, little, a, a little bit of a different angle. Right, he, he noticed the bracha, it's, it's very generic, it's very general. God, not who clothed me, but who clothes the naked. Matir um, Asurim, now who releases, who released me from my misfortune. I don't know where this translation came from. Sepharia, okay, I won't say anything. But who releases prisoners. Not who straightens myself, but straightens the bent. Again, it's very general. So you could interpret that to me because it's a birchaz shabach for everyone. But Salvechik says as follows. He says two points. One is he says that if you go through Tanakh, you'll find these phrases. And more often than not, when Chazal uh, coined and established brachos, they did so by pulling from the texts in Tanakh. Rather than coming up from things from, from, uh, from themselves, they would pull from Tanakh. And there are many reasons for this. There's actually a sefer called the Sefer Abudiram. It's a medieval sefer where he goes through every single bracha in Shemun Esrei and shows where basically each word comes from in the Tanakh. Uh-huh. Which is uh, interesting if you then try to apply that to Nisal Svart. But we're not going to get into that right now. Um, I, have, I have my home, my house. Says Ray Salavetik as follows. Ms. Pullet? 
When Salvatric says perhaps, again, takes a little bit of a slightly different angle. It's more than just praising God. Praising God for, the, for all these phenomena that exist in the world, as in, in the realm of Chesed. But he writes, um, so I'll go to the last paragraph. Thus, according to our interpretation, the series of blessings within the Birchaz Shachar, beginning with who opens the eyes of the blind, fond like clothes the naked, releases the bound, strains the bent, etc., contain an ethical message. They were chosen due to some kirgamatic revelance, although the relationship to the particular physical event is a vague one. These blessings can be, dom- can be dominating the ethical group of the morning blessings. Why? So what's going on here? When one pronounces these brachos, he outlines the program for his own life. Giving sight to the blind, clothing the naked, freeing the bound, straying the bent, this according to the principle of metato dei, as in walking God's ways, walk, uh, walking God's ways, he does so, must I do. Says the Salvatic, we're almost, we're reading it less, almost as a shevach, but more than that. We begin, the, each day we initiate our day, reading and praising God for doing all of the things that we hope we can accomplish and do throughout the day. Almost as if it's like an ethical directive. Not more than just, I'm, I want to do these things, but thank you, God, for doing this. Now it's therefore incumbent upon me to clothe the naked. Thank you, God, for straightening the bent. Now it's incumbent upon me to straighten the bent. That we're, we particularly chose these brachos, that we have the ability to walk in God's ways, to, to, to walk in those divine footprints. So that as we start the day, as we make those brachos, don't just read them as, a bracha. Don't just read them as praising God, but read them almost as a directive and a charge to all of us because I'm praising you, God, for helping and healing and open, uh, allow, giving sight to the blind. Therefore, I am walking away from this with a charge that I too must do something in my day. Think about how I can, in, 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 throughout the rest next day, also walk in these divine footsteps. And I, you read that, I think it actually takes, like, it gives us something really beautiful to walk away with. That sometimes when we, we, we rattle off those brachos really quickly, it's we're still tired, the coffee hasn't kicked in yet. But tomorrow, as we make those brachos, don't just read them as a bracha, which we may be doing because we're so tired. Don't just read them as a praise of God, but also read them as a charge to all of us to think about how can we go through our day in some small way, walk in those divine footsteps. I wish you all a wonderful week.